Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Ancient Health Podcast. We're so excited to be joined by our guest today. I can't wait to tell you about her story. You're actually going to hear it more from her herself. And I think that that's what brings everything to life is when you get to see it through somebody's real life experience. So Dr. Donna Mazzola is a pharmacist who has always had a fascination with natural healing and preventative care. After obtaining a doctorate in pharmacy, she realized that medicine has a place in healing, but it's the balance between nutrition and medicine that impacts disease. We could probably just like go to town right there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This fascination became an obsession for her after a personal diagnosis with Hashimoto's in 2015. Her disease pushed her to embark on a journey to seek answers and identify the root cause related to the rise in autoimmune and other inflammatory conditions. On this journey, she obtained a master's degree in functional medicine and human nutrition and gave birth to Dr. Autoimmune Girl, which is an amazing platform. It's by the amazing. Way. You guys got to check it. It's amazing. <laughs> Her persona and passion to empower people with the knowledge to take control of their health is just making waves and such a big impact in the natural health space. She's on a mission to educate the world on the healing powers of food. Yes, food is medicine. We love that and give meaning to the concept of food as medicine. There we go, that's it, right there, summed up. She runs the blog, Dr. Autoimmune Girl, and is involved in writing all kinds of articles to educate her audience. She's the author of The Immunity Food Fix, which is a guide to 100 superfoods and nutrition hacks to reverse inflammation, prevent illness, and boost your immunity. Woo, girl, you're doing big things, I mean. And we were just talking a few minutes ago about your new book that's coming out. So, I mean, I'm, I commend you for just staying the course in your lane and just progressing things because it's helping people. And I know that you've seen countless people take back their own health just in the way that you're educating. So I cannot wait for this conversation. I think that you're going to share so many valuable tangibles that will allow people to understand maybe some complex topics some topics that otherwise would just seem like too hard to really understand what the application is to their life. So maybe you could just get us started by your journey with Hashimoto's and how that really brought you into an understanding of autoimmune disease as, as, as we know it. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. So as you had said, you know, I've gone through conventional medicine training as a pharmacist and, you know, the only areas really in medicine that we even touch on lifestyle factors or measures is your typical chronic diseases like diabetes, high cholesterol, kidney disease, things like that. But for autoimmune diseases, you know, it's just, it's, here's your medication and that's it. These diseases are progressive. These diseases, you know, can be deadly. I mean, it's almost like for anybody who gets diagnosed, you know, I mean, the, there's a range of how they're managed, but it's depressing, you know, and that's how I felt. So I, I was diagnosed in 2015, as you stated, and I I went into like a shock and anger and confusion and like, why, why would this happen to me? You know, I personally felt like I lived an overall healthy lifestyle. I exercised, I ate right um, and could not pinpoint like, how could I develop this? You know, genetics plays part of the picture, right? But it just didn't make sense. Um, And that's when I started to just get on and start researching. I need to understand why this is happening. Why is it? And the first thing finding is like these in crazy statistics of, you know, this is the true epidemic we're dealing with is these inflammatory conditions and like the rise in autoimmune disease year after year. And even over the past decade, you know, is just exponential. Um, and, you know, personally, I, it, there's so much information. You don't know what to trust. You don't know what's reputable. Um, and so that's when I took it upon myself to go back to school. And I'm like, you know, if I'm going to help myself, I just need to get the knowledge you know, in a reputable way and, and become that expert. That was kind of my mission without any other plan in place. Um, just, I'm just going to go learn. That was it. And so, um, but like you said, with that, I felt, gosh, this is, this information is, 
is helping me. It's I've never, you know, been my eyes have never been open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt, gosh, I need to create a platform to share this. Like it's helping mm-hmm. me so yeah. much manage my disease. How much would it help other people to empower them? Just even not medical advice, but just simply to ask the right questions, mm-hmm. to like look out for particular symptoms, to you know try to get that diagnosis early and take control of their health, um, you know, and kind of prevent disease. Like that's the main mechanism of it. And so yeah, Doctor Autoimmune Girl was born and it's grown organically over the past three and a half years. I just can't believe it, but the ability to touch so many lives through that platform. And I know just from the messages I get, it's overwhelming. You know, it's just simple tidbits that I give people like, oh, nobody ever told me that. And because of that, you know, my levels have dropped significantly. I was able to reduce my dose. You know, I completely changed how I eat. I just, and and you think it's just like little tidbits of knowledge that people aren't able to gain other places and I'm able to share that. So I love it. That's that's amazing, Doc, because I think that whenever you see like autoimmune come into the office, you know, when you went to investigate and you find like the small telltale signs, I mean, the things you're giving to them on your Instagram, on your platform, you say tidbits, but they're so profound. And I remember hearing in your story, like at one point that you found that you'd had high cholesterol in your blood and you didn't know why you had high cholesterol. And I remember you say like your doc was like, hey, I don't know why this is happening. Let's investigate it. And people often overlook that. And now like an autoimmune, they would say, oh, I have had cholesterol. Um, you know, it's just, I just got to take Lipitor and that's fine. And that's it. But taking the small telltale signs and that are profound and knowing that they could be linked, I think you give a lot of hope because people know they're not going crazy. And I think that when you have a, a platform where people see that this person actually went to school to find out about what's going on and sharing that I mean, that's complete trust. So kudos to you on that. Um, whenever like with this autoimmune, when you focused on autoimmune, I think uh, I know that in our culture, we have like just a few autoimmune and I hope I'm not taking the conversation in the wrong direction, but um, we have there's so many forms of autoimmune. Do you find like some things that you're telling people like these are the f- main things I focus on? with inflammation. Like, um, I hope I'm being clear. Like if you had a whole bunch of different types of autoimmune type diseases and you say, well, there's many out there, but these are the things I like to start out with to focus in on, to see where you're at. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you're right. There's so many different autoimmune diseases and there's so many different nutrients and things that you can, you can really pinpoint and get into the details of each one separately. But what I tell everybody is the common denominator amongst Mm -hmm. all autoimmune is that chronic inflammatory response that we have Mm. going on in the body. It's that Mm. chronic inflammation. And that's really the focus. And Mm. so like, to me, let's keep it simple. You may not even have a fully diagnosed autoimmune disorder. I mean, for many, it takes eight to 10 years to actually get that diagnosis. Um, And and people suffer for that long, eight to 10 years before they're actually given that diagnosis. And so they have all these unexplained symptoms that most providers will put, you know, say, oh, well, you're just stressed or you're not sleeping or you just had a baby. So that's normal for you to feel that way. And no, it's not normal. And we need to stop normalizing it. Mm. And we need to mm. And I think that's what I try to do with my platform is ask these questions for your provider to dig deeper for you. Um, be your own self-advocate mm. um, because, you know, that's step one. But to backtrack, it's really like I said, it's focusing on how do we reduce inflammation. And mm. unfortunately, you know, that's so many environmental factors that we can get into right now that are creating yeah. this unnecessary response in the body. And it's it's awful. Oh, man. Yeah, man, I, I love that. And I think that you are really nailing something too. And And even Chris, like what you're saying, like there's so many different ways that inflammation can manifest in an autoimmune condition Mm -hmm. and everybody has their different triggers. So you may be more predisposed to thyroid, but you know, it could be your nervous system. It could be MS, you know, it could be, um, something like celiac, you know, there there's, there's different ways, but it's the root of all of that is that there's inflammation at the core that's connected to the gut. Mm -hmm. And so instead of looking at the thyroid as just like, okay, well now the thyroid's dysfunctional. And that's, that's such a big miss is that, you know, that's why the thyroid is so, in my opinion, so misdiagnosed and underdiagnosed is because we just assume that it's the thyroid that's dis- dysfunctional, mm-hmm. yet we're, we're missing the whole picture. That's so downstream. If we would look up and just say, okay, 
what what is triggering this like you know domino effect of breakdown in the body so when you're you know even with Hashimoto's or whatever autoimmune condition it is when we're looking at chronic inflammation what are you know maybe foods or nutrition I mean obviously the gut is that that should be the the main focus what do you suggest for most people to start with if they're if they're overwhelmed with or maybe they're just so conditioned to thinking that okay I know I have this one condition I need to fix this one condition but if you yeah. can simplify it for them you know what do you need to work on for your gut because the autoimmune issues will resolve but we need to address the main cause first exactly and i think that's the biggest hole in conventional medicine is that you're being seen by an endocrinologist for your thyroid, you know, or a rheumatologist for your rheumatoid or a gastroenterologist for your celiac. And it's so organ specific. And it's not about the organ. It's about mm. your immune system. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the fact that there's immune dysregulation going on that's targeting the organ. Like that's the secondary response. Mm. So let's start like step one, like you said, and focus on the immune system. And I think, um, you know, I always take a step back here to try to explain why that is the case and how the gut really fits into that. Mm -hmm. um, and we think about our immune system, we kind of think about it in like three different steps. You know, and I, I look at like the, the first step being your mucosal immune system, which is like mm -hmm. your first line of defense. And that's really where your gut plays a role. Um, and the largest component of that mucosal associated lymphoid tissue or the malt, that immune system is the gut. Mm. Um, and so it has two key components to it, and that's the microbes in the gut and the IgA antibodies that are there to, you know, get, um, maybe attach to viruses and remove them. They're their antibodies. They're kind of like how I like to call it. It's like that wax coating on your car. It's like that wax coating on the lining of your gut, you know, that's protecting you from these various um, foreign invaders that may be entering. Um, and unfortunately, what we're seeing with autoimmune disease is that complete dysbiosis in the gut. So that whole microbiome between the good and the bad bacteria is all messed up. Mm. Um, so you're not having that benefit there. Um, and then you have a reduction in IgA and you have this leaky gut that's being formed. And so therefore you have holes, right? Like it's just the, the gut lining needs to be um, porous enough to absorb the nutrients that it needs, mm -hmm. but then it needs to be able to keep out those, you know, any food proteins, um, antigens, things that shouldn't be leaking out into the bloodstream from doing so. And unfortunately, because of the things that we eat and the environmental factors that we're exposed to, things like, you know, chemicals in our cosmetics, pesticides in our foods, um, you know, we're, we're, we're having this constant assault on our immune system. And we have this underlying leaky gut going on. And therefore, we're constantly triggering the immune system to turn on and stay on. Um, and unfortunately, you know, that's a response of inflammation. You know, one thing I try to tell people and explain it this way is inflammation is a good thing. Mm, mm. Because it's your immune system has to respond to that, right? So there's, you get sick with a virus or bacteria. Mm -hmm. Therefore, there's an inflammatory response that occurs. Your immune system turns on, it recognizes a foreign invader. There's inflammatory cytokines that are released. Those cytokines then trigger attack and remove or kill off that foreign invader. Mm -hmm. And then therefore your immune system should shut down. It should just turn itself off, kind of go in standby mode until the next time it needs to protect you. Mm -hmm. What's happening now because of our environment, um, and we can, we can break down too, if you guys want what those factors are, but because we're living this overwhelmingly inflammatory lifestyle, mm -hmm. we're never turning that response off. So we constantly have inflammatory cytokines floating around, attacking, you know, at some point, yes, they're targeting our organs, right? I mean, we're never able to turn off that immune response. And, and that's really the key to it and where the real focus is. I agree. I think that, Doc, do you ever find that, um, you know, when when you have individuals that, you know, in the office, um, I treat, you know, quite a bit of different infection states. And I think it's really uh, with people who are getting beaten down. And the one thing I love about like with your um, your page is that you even go down and break down the types of bacteria that are in the gut and the mucosa and how they actually help with creating enzymes and antibodies. And I find it like even in our culture, I don't know if Courtney, if you've seen this too, it's like, 
I know when people come in, I treat a lot of people with Lyme infection or paparicides, rabesian. I know that they can, you know, coincide with autoimmune quite a bit. But you're right. I think that a lot of times individuals can um, focus in on just let's kill, kill, kill everything that I found on my blood report. And then they sort of veer away from that overall inflammation. And and then I, I of course, like those infections could cause inflammation. But you're right. Like the, the years of building up, like you're saying, your food and your inflammation, your gut is literally created uh, those storms. And that's, do you find it like, because I know people out there, that's, that's whenever they have autoimmune. And it's one of the biggest signs I ever see is that people go, doc, every time I try to eat something, anything now, I'm completely sensitive to it. Like I could eat, I couldn't eat this, you know, I could eat this for years. Yeah. And when they tell me that I'm like, uh, leaky gut central, like you've had this for a long time. So, um, I think it, the education piece, I think it's great because now people out there listening would say like, yeah, food, the first evidence of where you draw your energy in Chinese medicine, we say the middle burner where you get all your energy is your most important. Now, all that to go into with leaky gut and with autoimmune, are you finding, um, maybe this is too much, like I'd love to break down the toxins and things that, I, I want to go through all those. Um, <laughs> do you find any prevalence with leaky gut that you find like, let's say chemical toxins or you find like infection toxins, are you finding like a, a, a theme or some kind of like major um, influence in our culture today, like something common you're finding in people when they have leaky gut that's con continuing the process? I mean, honestly, it's our Western lifestyle mm. altogether. Um, so I, I, I don't think we can pinpoint just one thing, um, but it is that the amount of chemical exposure, you know, in our foods, processed foods, heavy metals, um, mm. you know, in our cosmetics. I mean, just start if you just start there alone, it, it's overwhelming. <laughs> but then you add to our sedentary lifestyle. OK, our and, and people look at these and to me, they're low hanging fruit, but they're not focused on enough, but like lack of movement, not being outdoors, mm. the amount of stress we're exposed to, not sleeping. Every single one of those factors has science behind it that demonstrate their anti-inflammatory benefit from it. Mm. I mean, actually demonstrating reductions in C-reactive protein, reductions in interleukin-6 because people are sleeping more, because people have implemented stress mitigation method, like just meditating for five to 10 minutes a day for 30 days has mm. shown significant reduction in some of these parameters. Mm. And so it's our overall lifestyle, um, you know, and then like diet is the big, you know, on that just, but like when I think people are like, well, what are easy things I can do? I'm like, just sleep more. Let's start mm. there. Like just sleep, like find an exercise you like. And if you like it, you're bound to do it more, you know, it's yes. just, Go for a walk, even for 15 minutes outside, like be in the sun, just little things like that are all, you know, known to reduce inflammation. So, but when you, it's a compounded effect, right? Mm -hmm. When you don't sleep, you don't exercise, we're always stressed out, we're working way too many hours, we're eating like crap, we're stopping in the drive-thrus. Now you have this compounded effect of all these inflammatory factors. Yeah, of course the body's going to go crazy. I mean, what else were you going to expect to happen? <laughs> and, and people don't like guys, right? Like they don't think like... They never see themselves, their bodies as in, in an inflammatory scale. Like they just think like, I just got to survive till the next day. And when people come in and they'll say like, well, how much water did you drink, drink today? Literally. Do you ever see that? They literally go maybe a, cu a couple of cups or a couple glasses. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, and I'm like, go drink. I've had done this before. Go drink at least four more glasses of water and I'll see you next week. And a lot of things get, um, push yeah. under the cover because we're never educated in this culture. And that's why you're doing this, you're doing this and it's doing so great. Um, sorry, Courtney, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I mean, it, I think these things are not, they amuse me. I'm not saying, but they're very serious. Like, you know, I can't believe like people yeah. like going out and being outside, but some people never go outside. Great. Like they never literally get sunlight. And I'm like, man, like in God's green earth, I think it's pretty normal for us to take a walk and drink some water to help us out. And so yeah. Chinese people medicine, sleeping like five to six hours a night. I'm like, and they've normalized it like, well, it's all I can. And I get there's certain things, you know, somebody just recently had a baby. I, I, every time I talk about that, people are like, well, I just had a baby. I'm like, okay, I get it. Yes, I understand. You're probably not going to get all the sleep you need um, at that time frame. But recognizing that that's temporary. But I'm looking at this as long term. Yeah. Many people, right? They're up on the TV till 12, 1 in the morning and then getting up for work at 6 or 7. And it's like. Or just turn off the TV and go to bed. You know, you'll you'll feel so much better. It's your body's chance to regenerate itself. That's yes. what it 
I, I don't even feel like, do you guys ever get like, whenever you feel like you can go to bed early that you actually crave it? You're like, oh, yeah. I can go to bed at like nine or nine 30. And I'm like, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm like, dude, you're getting up there, but I don't care. I don't care. I'm, I'm like, always my body's the temple. I'm always in bed nine and nine thirty. My kids go to bed eight thirty, and I go to bed right after that. I'm like, right. so people are always like, "What shows are you watching?" I'm like, "I'm not," because <laughs> if I was gonna watch shows, then that means I'm not sleeping. So I'm like, eh, "That's exactly right." It's I mean, the time change. I feel like it when the time changes and it's dark at five o'clock. By seven, I'm like, "All right, well, everybody, let's go to bed." They're like. <laughs> What time is it? I'm like, oh, it's like 6.50. I'm like, we should all just, but I kind of love it in one way. Like in summer, you know, you definitely stay up a lot later because it's, you know, it's light so much later. But in the winter, I've, I've definitely embraced that hibernation. I'm like, well, it's dark out. It's cold. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. To I, do you guys, like I was reading, like we talk about sleep and, I, and we'll get back on track, but it's really important, Doc, when you talked about like just getting sleep. I was reading a book. Um, oh my goodness. It's about breathing and sleep but mm -hmm. it's talk he incorporates how like like you said decreasing autoimmune and inflammatory factors and he did research just by certain amount like getting over seven to half to eight hours of sleep or something and then getting to where your diaphragm was fully engaged to getting the oxygen in so i think everybody out there like when you're showing like you know when your book comes out and you can get the factors that when you say accumulation I'm telling people now and like in the office, I'm like, don't discount the small things like the small things will add up and make the biggest factor. And, and it's easier for them to do the smaller things, you know, in a way than thinking there's some huge thing they have to do to reduce inflammation. So I, that's how I try to approach it in the office. But now with you're going like when you're out doing what you're doing on Instagram and doing virtuals and such, have you found since you've grown organically, like you've had just an influx of people like just trying to get to you and just getting everything and becoming their counselor and therapist? How's that been going? I mean, it's, I love it because I'm able to reach more people. Um, I mean, it, I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of people, right, are gaining from my knowledge. And so, I mean, it's great, but you also, to a level, have to have to detach from on a personal basis and just provide more knowledge to those individuals, you know, broadly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but still, it, I found it doesn't matter. That helps. You know, like that's making a huge impact. It doesn't have to be specific to somebody's labs or you know exactly how they're feeling. I mean, what I've found is like most people are feeling all the same way, and most people are probably suffering all the same, um, mm -hmm. regardless of a diagnosis. Like I said, it's the, it's all the exact same symptoms, and it's a result of our of our lifestyle. And so, what I'm able to provide you know, is still having a huge impact so broadly um, because it is, it's the simple things. I mean, the stuff, sometimes I go to put something out there and I'm like, oh, people probably already know this. And then that post goes viral and I was like, oh, I guess I overlooked that. Like simple <laughs> thing like, don't drink your coffee with your thyroid meds. I think I've reposted that 10 times now. And every time I do, there's like thousands of people who's like, I've never heard of this. Yes. Never told me that. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, it's like these simple tidbits. That's so that, good. That is so good for somebody that is maybe doesn't even have a diagnosed autoimmune condition yet, but they know something's off because maybe they're experiencing symptoms. Maybe their skin is breaking out. Maybe they notice they have really poor indigestion. Maybe they're just puffy. They just feel inflamed. You know, they're constipated. They, 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 they just know that their energy is not what it used to be. Um, what are those lifestyle and maybe even nutrition kind of black and whites where you would start? Like mm. we know gluten or we know dairy. We obviously like sleep is so big. Fasting we know can be super useful. I think this is why fasting has become so popular because everybody was inflamed and now all of a sudden you're creating a big window of healing where your body's not getting these assaults. So the gut can kind of calm down, but then you also have the the other you know, parallel to that, which is like most people have metabolic issues. So now their stress response is upregulated because they fast too much, you know, so that can swing the pendulum can swing. So it's kind of finding that happy medium. But, you know, I, I, we all have inflammation, you know, and like you said, it's not inherently bad. It's a good response. It's when it's, it's chronic, it stays, you know, present in the body, the body's constantly in a state of stress that it becomes a big issue and now the immune system becomes dysregulated. So a couple of things that you would say, you know, off the bat, if you're looking to reduce inflammation, 
nutritionally, lifestyle, like these are things you can implement today that, that will be needle movers if you can, you know, align them in the right way to promote overall healing in the body. Yeah. So first thing is removing, you know, what's perpetuating this leaky gut and this inflammation. So you mentioned it, gluten and dairy. Those are my two. Get rid of them, <laughs> you know, as much as you can. I know people get like, uh, I can't do that. That's impossible. You know, okay, we'll start with one. See how you feel. I always say, like, if you start to eliminate and realize how you feel, mm -hmm. then you're more likely to continue versus me giving you a laundry list of things you need to get rid of, mm -hmm. you know, that's that I'm telling you will make you feel better. But gluten, dairy and sugar. I mean, sugar is just so awful. And it's 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 hidden in everything. People don't even realize how much of it they're consuming. They have no idea that the inflammation it's creating, the issues on the gut, what it's doing to the microbiome. Um, I mean, those are three that I would say right off the bat, we got to get rid of. Uh -huh. uh, foods to incorporate. I try to keep it simple. And so even kind of in my book, I give you a breakdown of all the different foods and the science behind them. What I try to say is try to incorporate nine to 12 servings of plants. So I'm not saying necessarily fruits and vegetables because that's what everybody thinks when you say, oh, you need to eat you know, more plant-based food. Oh, I can't eat nine to 12 servings of fruits and vegetables, but realizing like your healthy oils count, like eliminating that inflammatory canola oil and just replacing it with avocado oil well, right there, you're reducing mm -hmm. inflammation, not mm -hmm. eating those like processed crackers as a snack, but including some anti-inflammatory nuts, like mm -hmm. the, the nuts are plants, like that counts, you know, adding some of those seeds like chia or pumpkin into your smoothie, that counts. So sprinkling it on your salad, like whatever it may be. So realizing that you're talking fruits, vegetables, seeds, legumes, nuts, herbs, um, oils, all of that is plant-based. And can we incorporate nine to 12 servings of that into our diet? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you know, but people not realizing that all that counts, you know? It's not just like how many apples you can eat. No, yeah. it all counts, you know? And so <laughs> I think just making that the takeaway and allowing people to then create their own kind of prescriptive diet based on what they like and what they need, what's accessible to them. Um, I think that's important, right? To keep it, keeping it more patient centric mm -hmm. um and focused in that way because that's how people are going to stick to it and i think that's what's critical is we can give them all the guidelines in the world and like throw all this knowledge but recognizing you know that not everybody the, the whole point of it is to be able to stick to it and to maintain it and to incorporate it into a lifestyle um, and that's where we're going to start seeing the change occur um, so those are kind of the critical things I would say from a dietary standpoint. I mean, mm -hmm. you can then start getting into like, I, I mean, I'm not even focused on necessarily organic right off the bat. It's like, just try to start with nine to 12 servings. Mm -hmm. Then let's take it a step further, you know, mm -hmm. let's focus on our organic foods, right? Be for these reasons. Um, and you know, it's just like, now let's focus on our shopping cart being 80% from, you know, going in the refrigerator and 20% in your pantry. Like, oh, that's good point that I try to tell people, right? Good. So like, let's build on it. Let's see how we can start, see how you feel. And let's build from that point. Um, and that's just like the food and dietary aspect. But then the other things I mentioned, you know, you, you have to move and you have to move every day. Like I, like I wear this Apple watch and it's like stand, or I look at how many, like that was, was eye opening at one point, especially with the pandemic. I was like, oh my gosh, I had hardly any steps. Like what? because I'm, I'm just home and I'm sitting all day and we're not going anywhere, you know, and it was like at that point, like, okay, that's it. We're going to every day after dinner, we're going for an hour walk, whole family lets everybody up. They're like, what? I'm like, yep, we got to move. Like, <laughs> you know, some of these data things help you realize the things you're not doing, right? Yeah. So like move every day, find something you like and do it because if you like it, you're going to stick to it again, like trying to keep it patient centric. Um, But, and then like sleep, like sleep is such a big one. Like you mentioned, drink water. I mean, there's, to me, I look at them like, oh, these are so easy. And how can we implement these slowly, right? Like, here are the things mm -hmm. we're going to try to focus on and implement over a year. Where do you want to start? Like, what do you think you can tackle first? Yeah. And then let's build on that from there. And like in that year, let's track your progress. Let's see how you feel. Let's look at the blood. You know, the, that's kind of like the best approach in my mind, instead of saying, go do all this so that you can reduce inflammation. No, I mean, we're getting inflammation from all over the place. So we can slowly target it one yeah. once 
time. And it's just like habits, right, Doc? I mean, like whenever we talk about like you say adding like a small thing, like seeing the biggest changes like from one person getting rid of dairy. I think sometimes it could be frustrating, like when you say an autoimmune um, and you have like on your on your page. I like it because you don't just touch on like, you know, food, you touch on stress, you touch on um, different uh, chemicals. Now, these things like I, I, I don't wear makeup, so I'm not. I'm not going to act like this, ladies. You know better than I do. Are there suggestions like uh, to those out there that are listening, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, different types of plastics and chemicals are, I mean, what are some of the main things that you would suggest to, you know, any about there, ladies out there that are, you know, putting these things on that could lead to your body having more inflammation that could get you uh, more in tune with autoimmune if you're not careful. Is there like just some basic stuff, you know, like uh, what to look out for? Not even saying the name of the chemicals. I'm just saying yeah. like, what what to keep an eye out for like when you're putting on something you know i like to direct people to i mean there's multiple factors with that right obviously it, it, it impacts it causes inflammation but also it directly impacts our hormones especially for females right and that's mm -hmm. and then that whole hormonal imbalance also has a direct correlation to autoimmune disease so it's mm -hmm. like so multifaceted but you know number one thing i like to say is not related but removing plastics mm -hmm. um you know just Get rid of the plastic Tupperware and buy glass. Start there. Mm. See how that goes, you know, um, and, and you'll see the difference. And then from a cosmetics standpoint, I refer people to the Environmental Working Group. They have this amazing app. You can literally type in, you're looking for face cream, you're looking for face wash, whatever it may be, like as, as opposed to saying like, use this product. You can go on there and you can see, they give it a rating, red, yellow, green. Um, and you know, the cleanest, um, cleaning supplies, cosmetics. I mean, they go through it all that you can really see like, what are the best products I can buy? And you can scan, you could be in the store and you can scan something and it'll really waiting if it's in there. Yeah. Environmental working group. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's a, they have an app. It's amazing, but yeah, bombs. That's just direct people there. <laughs> Yeah, you and know, it's really it, good. You could just scan the barcode and it, I mean, it's like color. They give you the little dial, green, yellow, red, and you know, what? product down. It's Chris, amazing. where have you been? <laughs> you know, you know, what we ought to do guys, you know, what we ought to do, we ought to do that and make it that like a dating app where you can go scan somebody with your phone <laughs> and it'll tell you red, green, you know, yellow, yellow. caution, you know, yellow. this guy's got pesticides in them. He's got parasites. Let's yeah, let's move on. Sorry, I'll Fun with that. To you. <laughs> you, you're on to something. Yeah. <laughs> this so, turned a whole nother way. You guys are like, get back to autoimmune, buddy. I got it. I'm, I'm yeah. saying, but, but like that is, it's really important though. Like you say, to scan those kind of um, uh, products because, um, you know, with how it's coming out like now about all the ingredients and even like the amount of, uh, you know, we say pesticides and such that are in the chemicals that are in our environment. And some people, um, like you said, I like that you said start slow. Like don't don't try to do everything at the off the bat because people get so discouraged, right, guys? Like, you know, they you tell them like you just said, get off sugar or get rid of your creamer. You know, people just like yeah. oh. <laughs> I'm doing that. I'm done, I'm done. I had a patient, and I know you've seen this before. I'm going down story lane now, but I had a patient that had um, you know they talked about with different types of lectins, right? And he had autoimmune type issues. And so his parents had Alzheimer's. So he got all the ratings done and he had thyroid and he was already going into autoimmune. And so the doctor told him, said, hey, you're probably going to have dementia. And all you need to do is <laughs> all you need to do is get rid of this, 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 this. this. I mean, it was like oh, it was like 12 things. And at, and he's a really smart guy. I love the guy. And he just kind of looked at it and he goes. It wasn't me, the other doc, he goes, I gotta think about this. And he's like, I don't know if I can do that. And it's just like the tangible things, right guys, when you put something simple and clean, like you're doing on your page and putting out there, it's like, those are the things that make the biggest impact. I'm telling you, like drinking water, like do you ever like flip through Instagram and sometimes you think, man, that's a pretty simple post. But then you look at a post and it goes, have you drank eight cups of water today? And I'm like, nope, I have not. So. Yeah the way we can impact thousands of people are you starting to see that um with this 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 message that you're you're being able to have can't do so much like in office but you have to do more like on you know social media platform too um, your question yeah is, are you doing more social media platforms like yeah. like instead of like in person kind of thing definitely yeah and i mean i even um just last year i, I 
would tell people, right? Like, this is how you heal your gut. These are things we need to do. Or I'd put a post about, you know, gut healing or the importance of the gut. And I couldn't, I was like overwhelmed. I have people say, well, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Because like, to me, I'm like, what do you mean? Like all, so many people share about that. There's so many protocols out there. And in my mind, I'm like, like just Google it. You'll find how to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, so overwhelmed by how many people were just like, I don't know where to start to heal my yeah. gut. So I was like, okay, there's clearly a need here. And I, I pulled together like a gut gut healing protocol. Um, and I, I put that out on my platform on my, up on my website. And I mean, just getting the responses from that, from people, you know, and try to make it simple. Number one, I gave, and, and so just from that, I've been able to target and help so many people heal their gut, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to on a one-on-one basis. So like the magic of social media and the internet, I mean, has its bad for sure, but like <laughs> you can use it for the benefit, right? I mean, you can help so many people, um, but yeah, and then keeping it simple, I always like to give the why. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have to understand the why behind it. You have to understand the science behind why we're telling you to do something because it's more likely to resonate. So if you get what's actually happening in your body and why you have to do X, Y, and Z, why you have to do this for four weeks, why you have to do, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. all these numbers are not random. They're associated with science. And then and then really breaking it down simple, like giving people a shopping list, giving them a calendar on what to eat, refining them the recipes, you know, telling them they can mix and match. That's what's key. And that's what's allowed people to be successful. Um, again, it's trying to meet people halfway where they're at. But I, I think the biggest thing that I love to do and and I find I have the ability to do through my platform as opposed to being one-on-one with somebody, you know, because there's just not enough time is being able to get into the science and educate and the why behind all these things are important. Um, and I think that's where people then make the decision for themselves because they realize like they now have an understanding. It's not just somebody barking at them, telling them like your friend, you said he had to eliminate one, like, okay, but why, like, why do I have to eliminate that? Like explain to me what's happening, you know? And I know it's hard in the office provider. You don't have all the time in the world to get into that. I think that's the beauty of having, you know, some of these platforms is to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would love to know too what your thoughts are in terms of healing, because I do think that, one, you know, we have a lot of benefits to the modern climate and world that we live in. But I also think that our bodies are up against a lot more than they ever have been. And so if we're not constantly trying to improve our health, trying to create a healing atmosphere, that it's just inevitable that th- there will be breakdown in the body. There's enough environmental factors. There's enough drivers that we're constantly bombarded with that it's just a formula for disease. So if we're not actively trying to create a climate of healing in our bodies, like, you know, things, it's only a matter of time. And then unfortunately, like we just, like you said before, we normalize it. Oh, well, you know, you're in your forties, you're in your fifties. Like that's what happens. The body breaks down. No, the body, the, the body is meant to have this adaptation The problem is that we've just abused our bodies for so long. The adaptation has completely now shifted and we're not able to sustain the burden any longer. We can't, we can't adapt. The stress has become too big. So for someone that is, you know, knows that they've got some road ahead of them, whether they have a diagnosed or or a suspected autoimmune condition, how one, how compliant do they need to be with their diet? Is it like, cause I'll see a lot of people and it's, well, you know, I don't do gluten, but like if there's birthday cake at the party, I may have a bite, you know, or, you know, have a little alcohol or I'll, you know, they brought the cheese out on the salad and I just went ahead and, ha- and, you know, ate it. But I know that with inflammation, especially if it's like a thyroid condition, that those small exposures, even though you feel like, you know, well, I don't buy it. It's just when I'm out, you know, once a month or whatever, I'm ge- you're getting those exposures. So you're just, you're never quite giving your body all of the resources it needs to do the repair work. So how compliant and how long does it take to start to see shifts? If somebody were to really focus on sleep, you know, focus on the nutrition element, reducing stress, overall stress burden in their body, you know, is it four weeks, six weeks, you know, what does that look like in your experience and in working with people? Yeah. I mean, really, if we're talking, you know, if we go back to like healing the gut, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and we talk about the, the antibodies that are created to these food antigens, 
um, you know, those, if we eliminate those, they take about three weeks, right. For us to see kind of the reduction in the antibody response. So that's why we say like, you need at least four weeks to repair. Really, you only need a couple of days to kind of repair your gut lining. I mean, it regenerates itself so much, but then to eliminate those foods and see that antibody reduction so that you're not reacting every time you eat them, it takes about three to four weeks, right? So, okay. So now we've, we've gone four weeks. We're feeling really good because most people do when they do four weeks, you know? Um, and then they're like, okay, now I can eat whatever I want, you know? But, but I, what I found is that when they go through a reintroduction phase too, and they realize how horrible they feel, like they eat that cheese, like they go through that for 72 hours, or they eat it for 24 horrible. They have diarrhea, they have gas, they have bloating. And they're like, Oh, I didn't realize I react so bad to cheese. I'm just going to continue to eliminate. I, I always go back to like, realize how you feel. And if you felt better without it, and then you see how you feel when you reintroduce it, you're more likely to eliminate it. Can't force people. Right. I mean, it's, it's everybody it's in your hands. I, at the end of the day, um, we can provide them the tools and the knowledge on what they need to do, but everybody has to be ready for it. And I almost look at it like, how much do you love your body? Like sometimes I, you know, you pass by McDonald's and I see the line out to the street and I'm just like, I can't even, I, I can't even mentally like fathom putting that into my body. Like I just, there's just this, I, I just can't do it. And that's, I think where I'd love to get everybody to that point where they're just like, oh my gosh, I know what that's going to do to my body. Like I can't even do that. I love it so much that I can't do that to my body. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but, but we're at, we're such a range. How do we get people there? You know, that's, that's the challenge. Um, I think with it, but you know, if you're, it's about balance. So I get that. Yes. You'll trigger an inflammatory response if you have that birthday cake, mm -hmm. but then can you eliminate and not do that right for a, a extended amount of time and give your body that chance to like reheal itself? Yes. Um, so I don't like to go. I mean, I know the all or nothing would be ideal. It's great. Like you can eliminate these forever. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're going to be at like 100%, but if you can do it 80%, Mm -hmm. To me, that's good enough. Like, let's go 80%. Yes. That 20% where you're going to quote unquote cheat, or you're just going to live a balanced life because you are at a birthday party, because, you know, you just want to have that Caesar salad with the cheese on. Okay, fine. Just do it. You know, you're going to do it that one time. Just do it. Recognize what you're doing. Recognize that there is that inflammatory potential. You're probably going to suffer as a result of it. You might enjoy it in the moment, but you're going to feel crappy after. And I think that people slowly will stop doing that as they realize like, oh, I want that, but I know I'm going to feel like crap after. So I'm not going to do it. So again, it always goes back to like getting people to the point where they feel so good that when they bring that stuff back in, they don't want to feel bad anymore. Bad. Um, and once you can get them to that point, like then they're in cruise control. Like they know what they need mm -hmm. to do and they know if they are going to eat it, they know the consequences of it. They know how to fix it. That's where you want the, really the place that you want to get people to. Do you find like that? I, that's great. Like, I think that like, um, I, you know, getting somebody off of eggs and they don't eat it for four weeks and you say, well, they go, I say, we'll try it and see how it goes. And then they go, that made me feel so horrible that, that the choice got made for it. And I'm like, yeah. I like that idea. And I also have patience. I was going to ask you this because I love on your post when, you know, as Courtney was talking about, like, what are, you know, what are some things we get rid of? Um, but then you have, you give explanations really great explanation about the certain types of bacteria that are in the gut that do certain forms. We talked about that. Are there, because some individuals don't realize that like certain bacteria actually help the body produce a good lining on your gut, also different enzymes to help you digest certain types of foods. Are there certain uh, probiotics or that you recommend like on a general basis that you see that would help with autoimmune? I'm not, I mean, even like, you know, not trying to promote any brand i'm saying or do you go get them tested to get a biome test to find out if they need a certain type of bacteria or is that something that you don't really go into your um with some patients um how does that work in your office i mean honestly it would be awesome right to yeah. like test people and i mean probiotics it, it's like we're we're approaching it all wrong like i could see at a point where we're going to be testing people for or people that have certain conditions and then matching them up to like we're going to treat you with this particular bug right like this these are the these are the species that have been shown in the science to impact whatever it may be whether it's mental health whether it's you know um various autoimmune conditions the their science is out there for it so mm -hmm. it's hard to pinpoint you know 
um, to pinpoint that. I think the key to gut health and implementing probiotics is to look for diversity, quantity, and quality. Okay. Um, and that's what's critical. And like we know the most common species are, you know, lactobacillus and phytobacterium. Um, and, you know, if, if we can have a high quality quantity, mm-hmm. um, and I'm talking like 50,000 CFUs, like mm-hmm. high quantity of that, um, and, and you have a quality product, so like, you know, like the actual strain is on the label. Like those are the types of probiotics I look for, because if company is not demonstrating what strain it is, it's probably junk. I mean, you know, right. because the science is very specific to what it does specific down to that strain level. Um, not every lactobacillus species is the same by any means, you know, and I think there, there's a misconception there. Um, but then also recognizing that just taking a probiotic is not going to permanently, you know, reseed your gut by any means. Like the second you stop, that's done, right? So you, if you're going to take it, yeah, take forever. There's no, it's not yeah. permanent. Yeah. But recognizing the importance of your diet with that, right? So high fiber diets, increasing that short chain fatty acid, feeding and nourishing that bacteria. If you're taking the probiotic, um, you know, like what fruits, what vegetables, I recently talked about raspberries and mm-hmm. like people went crazy for that. I'm like, well, yeah, raspberries have a direct impact on your gut microbiome and directly impact some of that, you know? And so like, what foods can we incorporate? Yes. Taking a probiotic is probably necessary given how we've lived our life, how we've grown up, the amount of antibiotics we've been exposed to. Um, I mean, unfortunately we've probably all, I mean, me personally, I can speak to myself, have completely destroyed my gut with my previous history, right. And, and, and adolescence and childhood. Um, it just is what it is. And so, yeah, I look at myself like, yeah, I'm probably going to take probiotic forever. But I also balance that with the foods that I eat, the prebiotics, the the mm-hmm. fiber intake, you know, that's all critical. Yes. And, and both of you guys, do you guys see like, I mean, I, I've seen it too. Like whenever, if they do get the right combination of a good probiotic and have somebody that can help direct them and, and give them that with the prebiotics and even some postbiotics like getting minerals. Yeah. I've seen some individuals, their autoimmune signals have gone down quite a bit. Um, I, I think that... Uh, the importance of like, uh, there's so much good research about probiotics in the gut that can help fight that. Do you also, and I'm trying to research and I'm not great at it, guys. I mean, there's so much info. You guys see so much info about probiotics. It's crazy. Like, you know, like, so when you find, and this may be, and Courtney, steer me back if I'm going off track, but like when you find like gut health, autoimmune and inflammation, um, like sometimes they'll say like this probiotic is really good at fighting off, like you say, increasing immune system, fight off this kind of virus. And these kind of viruses, um, is there a prevalence now, like when you find people with Hashimoto's or if you find somebody with a uh, rheumatoid or if you, you know, with any or lupus, do you find like certain types of infections are pretty prominent in those individuals, like from their gut or like SIBO or, um, you know, any type of Lyme? Are you finding that in your, in, when you research some of your patients? I mean, yeah. So we definitely know, well, gut dysbiosis in general across the board, I think plays a significant role with all autoimmune. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do have a lot of that, like H. pylori specifically, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. research and I've found that evidence of H. pylori leading to co- like the cause of Hashimoto's as well. Like there's a, actually a correlation. If you've had a previous H. pylori infection that it leads to development of Hashimoto's. So I think that, you know, obviously, you know, these are, these are all gut conditions, right? That people are starting with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, like we know that viruses in general, you know, have a direct correlation to the development of autoimmune disease. We're seeing it now with this pandemic. I know people are like, um, you know, I see it all the time on my page, like, oh, rise in autoimmune because of the vaccine. And I'm like, well, okay. Yes, there's some truth to, um, you know, vaccination, how it can impact the immune system. But what about the virus itself? What about viruses themselves? And, you know, I just read a study that talked about those patients that are suffering from long COVID are actually a resurgence of EBV, of Epstein-Barr virus. Mm. So the coronavirus actually leading to that, which is why now we're seeing an inc- even more increase in autoimmune disease. So like infections across the board, we know, right? It's a direct effect on our immune system and can lead to autoimmune disease. So again, it goes, it takes us right back full circle to what we were talking about is how do you mitigate that? So how do you put your body in a position, even if it does get infected or you do get sick, that you're able to fight that off and wean off any further implication of that, of that infection. Um, you know, and I, I think that's, what's critical. Yeah. I love how you, 
bring that up because I think that it kind of highlights a point too, where we really addressing the terrain theory of once you compromise your immune system, you really leave yourself quite vulnerable to a number of infections. And then those infections just start to perpetuate more, you know, endotoxicity and more burden to the liver. And there's, it becomes this snowball effect. So you might not necessarily have you know, like one big issue, you just had a small issue that fed into other infections, which deteriorated your gut, suppressed your immune system, allowing for something like a virus that, you know, otherwise, you know, hopefully your body was, would would have been able to um, overcome, but because you were in such a compromised state and, and likely didn't know it, like maybe your digestion was a little but it's, those are, that's the state of most people that they are very compromised and that's the problem. And then, you know, you end up six weeks after a virus and you're still feeling bad and thinking, why can't I get over the hump? And it's, you know, the, the terrain was not intact. And now you've got one extra big element that your body's trying to fight, but it also had so much that it was working against in the first place Mm -hmm. that this was like the straw that broke the camel's back. So Exactly. I always like focus on like, let's look at it from a cellular level. Like, are we eating and providing our body with the nutrients, the micronutrients that it needs to function even at a cellular level? No. So that's broken from that point. Right. And then the burden that we're putting on our body, the toxic burden, you can tell people like you have a natural detoxification system. Like your liver is amazing, like for what it can do. But if it doesn't have the nutrients it needs, the energy that it needs, the protein that it needs to go through all the different phases to break things down, and then you've overburdened it, like what do you think is going to happen? You know, same with the immune system, same with like every organ in the body. Um, And that's just what we're up against. It's like, we're overburdening our bodies. We're not giving it what it needs to function. It's like, you know, this is the machine and the machine doesn't have what it needs to function. So obviously it's not going to function optimally. It's not going to produce it's, it's going to be squeaky and, you know, and that results in our symptoms. Like that's what we're feeling. I think great points, uh, guys. I think, um, one thing I really loved, um, on your page was how you talked about vitamin D levels, especially with the immune system. And for those, everybody out there, you know, um, when we're talking about like raising the immune system and with the gut health, uh, I'm, if you guys need to check out her page, it's awesome because she also recommends genetic testing and she has like uh, different types of genes that can be tested. And I think with, with viruses out there, guys, right, there's a lot of viruses coming there and you're talking about resurgence, right, Courtney, like things are getting higher because oh. it's stimulating old things come up. But it's, it, I think it's in our culture, we're not even taught that we can have an old infection like strep or staph or something in our body, but you're right. Like we can't even absorb vitamin D very well because our bodies have been shut off because of all the toxins. And so we have particular genes. And according to your post, I love this. It's like you have genes that help you absorb vitamin D and that vitamin D helps you with immune and it also helps your gut. And I think that it has to come down to that. Now, I want to get to like the genetic, like you test genetics and you see the vitamin D levels. Um, is there a particular amount of vitamin D? Is there, um, you know, some people take vitamin D with vitamin K or vitamin A or something of that sort. Do you yeah. uh, work with autoimmune patients and your immune patients? Like, do you recommend a certain amount every day or do you have them get tested certain ways for that? Yeah. I mean, I always recommend that we test levels, but I'll mm-hmm. be honest, like 5,000 a day, Mm-hmm. And you're barely getting people to that functional 50 to 80, uh, you know, levels mm-hmm. and nanograms per, I mean, it's just, and, and, you know, the problem is like these recommended daily allowances have never been updated, right? They were developed, um, you know, 400 IUs a day of what's recommended for people. And then there, there's this warning, like, oh, vitamin D toxicity. So people are like scared to increase their amounts, but I'll mm-hmm. tell you 5,000 a day is my go-to. Um, and actually the Institute of Medicine recently updated that they recommend 4,000 a day for individuals. So like the science is starting to catch up to support mm-hmm. some of that, but yeah, I, I can, I've barely seen people. I mean, there was early on in my practice, I worked with geriatrics. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's been about 15 years, but we used to give 10,000 IUs monthly, you know, cause yeah, it was prescription and that's kind of, that was the practice back then wouldn't even see a change. I mean, people couldn't absorb that much at one time. Mm-hmm. So then we kind of did a study. We're like, okay, let's switch it. Let's start giving them 10,000 biweekly. 
you know, mm-hmm. we st- slowly started to see bump up, but levels barely got above 25, um, barely above 25. And we know that that's not optimal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, testing is important, but like, don't be scared to push the limit, right? Like 5,000 I use probably pretty good. Some people that, you know, would that have that genetic, um, yes, though not all providers will test for these genetic abnormalities um, that may hinder or limit absorption. Um, But for some of those people, they may need up to 10,000 a day to even get to, you know, boosting those levels because they don't absorb it as well. Um, So I think if you start at one point, you're testing levels and you recognize that levels are not budging, and that's when you need to take a step further. If patients are adherent, right? So that's number one. Mm-hmm. Recognize patient is adherent, levels are not moving, they're taking 5,000 a day. Okay, now do we have a genetic, you know, disposition here that we need to consider? And then at that point, do we increase? We double that dose to see if it kind of moves the needle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, using lab work to assess that and kind of assess where patients are at. Um, again, keeping in mind adherence, because people will say, oh, yeah, I have been taking it. And then you're like, well, bring your bottle in. In your bottle and let's see how many are left because I know when you got the and then it's like, oh, okay, no, you haven't been taking it every day. I kind of um, forgot to take it yesterday yeah. and the day before, probably the last week, actually. I'm sorry. You bought the bottle. You bought the bottle, but <laughs> right. Step one, you know, I mean, I'll be honest, like sometimes in the summer, I'll and people are like, oh, just go in the sun. Okay, fine. But I'll tell you, I've I've experimented on myself with this where I'll stop taking my supplement and just go like be in the sun in the summer and my levels drop and they drop significantly. Um, it's just not enough. Like I don't live in the sun. Um, so even that 20 minutes, like unless I'm out there naked for 20 minutes, you know, I don't think my body is absorbing a sufficient amount that it needs. Um, so you know, those are just some things that I've found personally. Um, you know, some people swear by it, but um, I'm, I'm per, for myself, because I try to apply this to others, I neurotically check levels of everything. <laughs> like, so I'm constantly like, okay, I did this. Let me see where I'm at now. Like, I need to match it, right? To something more objective. It can't just be subjective. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Like, and, and like when we have like vitamin D levels, I think you made a great point. It's Courtney, I didn't mean to cut off. I, I like Good. when we're talking about, um, um, how you talked about the liver's capability of like actually helping a person detox properly um, with, you know, their environmental toxins. Um, is it, do you like for those who like want to get like, like you say, you're not say you're neurotic, you know, people say like they they really like get into like testing, but is it important at all to like have patients like check like their MTHFR? Do you find that like with some with autoimmune, like MTHFR guys, if people out there listening, it's just like, Basically, your liver, like like Dr. Mazzola was saying, like you just need to be able to detoxify properly. And it just takes your toxins, runs it through your liver. And if it's called methylation, if you have the right nutrients, you can your liver can work properly to do that. Um, is that is that something that you do at the beginning or if it's a really hard case doc, do you recommend it to somebody doing it later for MTHFR or methylation at all? Yeah. I mean, one thing you can kind of start with and check is, you know, homocysteine levels to mm. see those are elevated, right? And then that can kind of pinpoint that there is maybe a methylation problem there. Okay. Um, and, you know, just simply taking a B complex with methylated folate mm-hmm. and rechecking that level, you probably see it come down. And without doing the expensive genetic test, which, you know, you can, um, but, you know, again, that's the burden on the patient. So if you check that you can probably narrow it down and be like, all right, this, there's probably MTHFR deficiency here in, in mm. genetic. Right. And so like, maybe we just stick to that and, and, and that's great. Right. That's a simple way of maybe kind of starting. Um, so yeah, I, again, it's like recognizing that all these things also cost money. That's what's hard is then how do you meet the patient halfway to kind of, you know, work around some of these testings, right. To get to the answer, right. It might be a little bit more challenging, but kind of just like using our scientific knowledge to get to that and mm-hmm. identify how we can help patients that way. Yeah. yeah I, I think that you really just outlined a really good sequence for people, you know, because we started where we talked about, you know, eliminating the biggest offenders, the known inflammatory foods that we know off the bat are not going to contribute to healing. They're drivers of inflammation and being able to extract those, you know, from your, your daily nutritional habits and then layer in, you know, the nine to 12 different servings of fruits and vegetables and find the ones that really make you feel your best and get religious about it. Like make that a priority, do that. Then if you get to a point where you're like, well, I feel, 
you know, maybe a little bit better, but there's still, I know there's still something off. Well, then it's a matter of like aligning yourself with the right team and finding people like yourself that can say, okay, I see what you're doing, you know, the supplements you're taking, the nutrition that you're adhering to, um, the lifestyle that you're kind of implementing or, or have created for yourself. Here's where I feel like the testing may be the most beneficial for us to get clarity around what, what the other outliers are. And then, and it really does take a team. It takes, you know, it's, it is an investment into yourself, but you, you know, it's so worth finding out what's unique about you. And even if it's genetic testing, like those things are so helpful because now you understand, okay, I understand the machine I'm working with a little bit better. So I can make some choices that are going to amplify my healing way more than me just, you know, kind of trying something, see if it works, try something else, see if it works. So I think you've just kind of taken us through this journey where it's a perfect process for people to own their health on their own, feel empowered to make good decisions, and then know, okay, I know if I'm at this point, I need to call on some extra help, and we need to start unraveling things a little bit more to see the full picture. So, and I love that you you meet people in all those places, right? Because you use Instagram and your website. There's so much that's available to people that they can trust, you know, the information that you're giving them that they can help themselves, you know, to a point. And then, you know, there may be a time where it's, Hey, we need to have some one-on-one support. And I know you do the same as well, Dr. Motley and helping people, you know, understand their own health, but then realizing, okay, now it's time to, to maybe bring in some extra layered support that, that you do need outside help with. So I I think that that was, I think the conversation, like we just took it right along the, you know, the journey there. But I think too, guys, like, you know, when people are listening, it's like they enjoy and they appreciate like Dr. Mazzola, Courtney, like that people are willing to see that um, when you find different levels and I know cost can be a big issue and such, but when they find like you're a practitioner that would look at different levels and try to investigate more and more. Um, I like doing that. I like when see people, see, you know, if I see that they're yeah. actually are making quite a bit of improvement just from their blood work or hormonal levels. Um, I and. I think that's where people are trying to get to a practitioner. And I think that's why you're so busy, right, Doc? Like, it's like, I, I, it's hard to have any time on my own, you know? I, I really have time, not time to watch TV. Um, so with all that to say, though, I mean, I think we uh, accumulating a group or team around me. I've, I, I, when I first started practice, so when and a, anybody that came in with autoimmune or something like that, uh, they've been through the ringer with so many people, like you said at the very beginning, that they would say, oh, you just need to take this pill and you're done. And then they come to you and they're like, well, you're going to solve all my problems because you're actually going to investigate. And they say, do you have that doc? And you go, well, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for me. I'm not speaking for you, but like, I'd be like, now, as I gotten older, I'm like, no, it's great. You want a holistic team. Like I tell, I encourage everybody out there, find a holistic team of people that can work with each other. Cause you know, sometimes some one person will sort of contradict the other, but I'm so thankful that I found people that like work like with the same mindset. And I just feel so comfortable having all a few different practitioners, you know, not a whole like, don't, you know, don't doctor hop as they call it or something like that, you know, (laughs) hospital hop, but find a good team of people that you trust. And Dr. Mazzola's page is somebody you can go to for autoimmune and just devour it. And you're going to see some really good information there. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I agree with you guys 100%. I, I mean, it yeah. start it starts with the knowledge, knowing where, you know, and and then just getting out there and finding someone like you said you can trust. Um that's that's what's critical. You have a trusting face, doc. Such a trusting <laughs> face. <laughs> I have a trusting face. So does Courtney. Courtney has a trusting face. Uh, hey, you know what? We're all in good company here. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> we we need to all physically have to, we'll have to find a place where we can connect. We're kind of yeah. like spread out, but this has been so good. And I just appreciate so much what you have shared with us today. Um, I know we talked about your book earlier. Tell us uh, kind of, you know, what we can expect with that and then how people can stay connected to you you know, so that they can learn more, they can follow along and just continue their education, you know, in this, in this scope. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my book, I'm so excited for it. Um, the immunity food fix, um, it'll be, it's available for pre-order now. So appreciate all that support. Um, and it'll be available and launched June 7th. Um, but what I love about the book, and I'll tell you, as I wrote it, I was like, so into the science, I had to like back it up. Like, okay, we need to, we need to make sure everybody can understand this. 
but it is backed by over 150 references. So like it's not just meds that are studied scientifically. Food is also studied scientifically and can demonstrate real benefits related yeah. to inflammation, related to the gut, related just preventing disease, like how it works. And it, it, it aligns to my, my motto of like, if you understand the why, so, you know, every food is broken out with the science and then the fix that goes with that. So you will get a decent amount of science with every single food. Um, and in the beginning, you will understand. I mean, we touched a little bit about how the immune system works, but I've spent so much time to make that initial chapter a basic understanding of the immune system because over the past two and a half years or so, however long we've been suffering, I've seen so much misinformation about the immune system and how it works mm -hmm. that I felt, okay, we need to level set everybody here on how the immune system works and now where food plays a role, where all these other environment, environmental factors play a role and what you can do to kind of fix that and turn it around because it is powerful and it can mm -hmm. it's meant to support you and it will if it's supported the right way. So um super excited for it. Um, it's it's just, it's going to be awesome. Be great. That's so good. We can't wait for it. And I love people like you that just, you are the expert in this field. Like you have made it your life's mission to know it inside and out and to find ways to share it with people where it makes sense. And, you know, you're, you're, I just love that, like that you've stayed so on mission with it. It's personal to you, but it's so important that you understand it to a depth where you feel like, you know, I, I have learned everything I possibly can so that I can educate people from like this this solid foundation of truth, because that is hard. We, we, we have a lot of information, but there's way more stuff we can't trust than we can. So mm -hmm. I appreciate that work. Right. Um, right. Thank you. Your website is awesome. Dr. Autoimmunegirl.com incredible site. That's just loaded with, you know, dense information. Um, mm -hmm. and then your Instagram is so fun. You do a great job on social. So if you're listening, make sure you're following at Dr. Autoimmune girl. Okay. And is there anything else if somebody wants to work with you or your team, like anything else that, that would help them connect with you outside of those platforms? Yeah. I mean, you can always reach out through my Instagram page, um, or through the website, mm -hmm. um, to connect. But again, i like I said, I also have my gut healing protocol on the website that you can get a hold of, get your hands on, and then we can connect and answer any questions and help guide you through that. Um, but that's another resource too for, for followers. No, that's great. That's great. You guys got to check it out and get on there and look at all this information. And so we're so glad that you were able to join us and gives these truth bombs and uh, <laughs> help me and Courtney write down notes so we can help our friends and our <laughs> clients with autoimmune. So we're really appreciative of this. That's right. If this podcast has helped you and encouraged you, we would love for you to drop a note, subscribe, send it to a friend or share it on social media and tag the Ancient Health Institute so we can help continue to spread the message and help empower people to take back their own health and make decisions that ultimately help them heal and feel their absolute best. So we thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Donna Mazzola, for being here and sharing your time with us. We appreciate you. You're in the family. We love you. Oh, thanks, Doc. <laughs> thank we really appreciate you. you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much.